Welcome to the Gautrain Talks podcast station, the place to be for all matters related to the Gautrain and how it came to be South Africa's first ever rapid rail link. In studio today, Preston Mabena, the Chief Financial Officer of the Gautrain Management Agency, a position he's held for a little under six years, having previously worked for the likes of ESCOM and the Department of Economic Development. Mr. Mabena, firstly, welcome. Thank you very much for your time. Let's start with how you first came to be involved with the Gautrain project and what your initial impressions were having come in well after the establishment of the Gau train. Thank you. I think uh, when I came into the Gau train, it was around 2013 when I joined the Gau train, coming from the Department of Economic Development. It was already a fully-fledged uh, entity at the time. When I came in there, they had just concluded the audit of the 2012-13. It was quite a good audit also, but they were coming back from a, a very, very bad audit in the previous financial year, which was an unqualified audit, but with a number of matters. So we had to put systems in place just to get the um, entity up and running to what it is today. And what were some of those systems you put in place? We had to put policies and procedures in place, processes, and introduce uh, electronic systems. Some of the uh, processes were run manually, so we had to uh, bring in a financial systems where, you know, matters of procurement could be done through the systems and automated workflows and, and approvals of, of those requests and ultimately to the um, um, uh, compliance of the financial statements. So those were some of the processes that we've put in place from a financial point of view. Were those the major challenges when you took on the position that there, there, there was a lack of automation and a lack of processes in, in place? What, what I can say, I think a lot of uh, things were still done in, in a project mode. I think, I think in a project mode, you, you do your things and once you're done, you're done. Uh, you report on your piece of work that you've done. How you put together everything that has been done has been a challenge. I think that's where you have to pick up and say, how do I then report everything else that has been done? And knowing that when you deal with the technical people, all they're interested in is doing the job. And how they report at the end of the day on finances and, and in terms of the um, standards of accounting, that doesn't concern them much. All they're interested in is to just get the job done and, and they, they move ahead. I suppose that's the challenge of, of many projects on the scale of, of a Gau train where you go from planning to development to operations. It, it evolves and it changes shape. So you also have to change your processes as you go along and as it grows bigger and bigger from a scale point of view. It, it certainly it does because I think even at, at, at the current moment we have projects that we run. A project obviously has its own timeline, start dates and end dates, but some of them becomes too big that at the end of the day, you can find that project being a fully fleshed or run on its own or being its own entity. And then as it evolves, as, 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 as it is now, we will report it as part of a project or as part of a number of projects in a project portfolio that we run. Over time, you find that as you uh, identify that this project has grown now, it can be on its own. You want to run it as an entity. You follow due processes to get it approved. Then it must have its own structures. It must have its own, you know, uh, approval processes. It must have its own, uh, you know, CEO, for instance, CFOs, personnel, you know, and it might actually take a different direction in terms of the processes that you are currently running. When you took over as CFO, was your focus on ensuring that the next audit was a clean audit? 
Is that your priority? One, I think the, the yes was it was to 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 move towards that, and just to 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 ensure that we don't get into an unqualified audit, which could be a, a regression or something that is not necessarily you know you know I, admirable. I would say in a public space. And and then one of the focus areas was really to I think when you got in we 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 really did not have personnel as I said in in a project environment we had a lot of people coming in as consultants and the first thing we had to put a structure in place on how we're going to run the Kautrin as 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 a finance fully fledged finance and we had to then obviously bring in new skills. Uh, bringing the relevant personnel in into the GMA then. And when we had to phase out a lot of consulting that we had uh, been uh, appointed to run the finances because the CFO was a contractor at the time. You know, quite a number of senior personnel were also consultants. So we had to bring in a permanent personnel to run with the GMA. But after two years, we managed to get that up and running. That must have been quite a big change in culture to go from predominantly consultants to then having a permanent on-site team that were heavily invested in ensuring that the finances of, of, of the Gautrain were were taken care of efficiently. Yes, it, it was. But I would also you know, look at it as a plus for us because, you know, the transition, you know, the 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 work ethic, the the culture that you transition from working with a consultant into a, a permanent person, you find that the person who's taking over from a consultant, the work ethics remains, you know, at that, that standard. We we did I, I really did not see a drop really in terms of the work ethic, the performance, you know, the outcome of what people were doing at the end of the day in what they were supposed to do. You, you talked about transition. What about taking us through the transition of the, the Gautrain Management Agency to a provincial public entity? The, 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 what you need to do there, in, in, part of what you have to do, you need to get approval from the, the, the national treasurer. I mean, through the through provincial treasury, you get application supported and all of that. And then you send it through to uh, the national treasury to be approved as a fully fledged uh, public entity whether it's a 3C or a 3A, the Gautrain is currently a 3C a public ent- entity. There's different, you know, public entities. Um, and they, 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 their magnitude differs in terms of whether it's a 3A, 3B or 3C. We are a 3C public entity wholly, you know, owned by the provincial uh, department of the, the province. And you get those approvals. Once you've got the approvals, then you can have your own budget allocation at the end of the year. Or at end every year, you've got your MTF, which was your medium-term expenditure framework, which is then allocated to you as a fully-fledged uh, public entity. Before you become a public entity, you your budget uh, forms part of your sister department or your mother department, wherever else you, that's, 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 that's where the, the budget falls in. But when you are now fully fledged, it still goes through the department, but it's allocated directly to you as a line. Then you are expected to have structures in place, governance structures, starting from the board. Public entities have got a board, they've got the CEOs. Depending on, on the magnitude of the public entity, you will also need to have maybe a COO. Some don't have COOs. Some have, you know, subsidiaries. And, and, and then the whole structure then is of the organization then comes. 
We're still with uh, Preston Mabena, the Chief Financial Officer of the Gautrain Management Agency, and he's been taking us through the management of the finances on the Gautrain project and some of the key elements involved. Uh, let's pick it up there, Mr. Mabena, and focus now on the clean audits the, the Gautrain Management Agency has received the past six years. What do you believe were the key factors in achieving these six clean audits? One of the key factors that, 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 that comes out in the audit is a non-compliance which is a no-no. And non-compliance is, is it's when you are doing something which the law prescribes you to not do or you have not done what the law prescribes you to do. And, and, and what, what I can attribute it is for us, it's basically the tone at the top. You know, if you've got a board that wants you to achieve, if you've got a CEO that, you know, has a regard for the law, for governance, if you advise the CEO and say, Mr. CEO, yes, we can do it, but we can't do it this way. We need to do it this way, which is the right way. We have to follow this process to be able to get where we want to be. And he doesn't say my way or, your, you know, the highway. He says, okay, fine, let's find a way, let's do it, but let's do it in such a way that we've got an impact in what we are trying to do. We don't lose the momentum in whatever it is that we are trying to do. I think that resonates very well. Because everybody else then looks at the leadership and says, if the leadership can adhere to the rules and regulations, to the policies and procedures, therefore, who am I not to be able to, to, to actually adhere to those? Because, I mean, you know, if I'm a leader and I demonstrate that I've got no regard to the law or to the rules, no one else will. So it starts at the top, and, and, and it's a question of following the basic principles, following the, the processes and the, and the law, as you said. Definitely. It's, 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 it's unquestionable, I think, you've, if you've got a procedure that says you must go from one, two, and three, if you follow it through, there shouldn't be any problem. And then I think, unfortunately, I, I think we, we sometimes want to take shortcuts, but the, the, in, 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 in the government processes, it's so easy because what you do, you as an entity or as a department, you upfront go and say, this is what I'm planning to do for the next year. And this is the money that I want to spend to be able to do these things. You get your money allocated. All you have to do, you must go then and spend according to your plan. And in spending according to your plan, it doesn't mean I must just go and pick everyone else that I know. I have to go through a process of getting the right service provider to do the job for me. And there is a process of doing that. It takes two to three months to follow the process. We all know about it. It's upfront. It's not all of a sudden. So we have to follow it. If you follow that to the latter, you are up and running. You shouldn't have a problem. All that you should be worried about is to make sure that your services have been delivered accordingly. There's no doubt that corruption is a hot topic in South Africa, specifically as it relates to the management of, of public funds. What measures have you put in place to ensure the GMA is beyond reproach? We, we've got a few measures that we've put in place. One is we've got a, a fraud and corruption hotline which is run independently out of the GMA. There's numbers everywhere else. In our tenders that we issued, we also put the number there. Uh, it's on our website. If you feel there's something that is happening, you don't have to go to the CFO 
or the CEO to report the matter, you call directly to the fraud and, and, and corruption hotline, and that matter gets investigated there. That's one measure. The other measure is that on, on the procurement process, what I, I believe it's, it's, it's helping us at the GMA, it's independent of management, of people who've got, so, so, so to say, influence of, 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 of telling somebody else to say, take this thing, go there and do this thing the way I want it done. The process is run independently. You've got a bid specification committee where the end user will tell you exactly what they're looking for. If they're looking at a laptop, they tell you exactly what laptop they're looking for. It goes to the uh, um, um, evaluation committee, which will then evaluate the proposal. It's all technical people, not necessarily management. There's no senior manager at, at the How Train who is sitting in the bid specification and the bid evaluation committee. Management only sits at the beach adjudication. All we do, we adjudicate the process just to see that the process was above board. And we confirm that and then we award the tender. So that's a good measure because we are not necessarily involved in the day-to-day running of the procurement. Also, I'd imagine it's, it's about that culture that you've talked about earlier, but imprinting a, a culture on an organization where it starts at the, at the top and there's no there's no spill down of, of, of people looking to cut corners and to take chances. It, it does help, you know, if, 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 I mean, for the past six years, as you said, I've never had the CEO coming to me and said, I've got this work, I want you to give this work to this guy and I want it tomorrow. It's unrealistic but uh, if you say I must give it to this person, he will do it. It's almost you are telling me, you, you're basically giving me no choice to look anywhere else. You're basically saying this is the guy who will do it. And I think that is where the fraud and corruption starts because if you hear all about it, it's all about tender premiers, about tenders and all of those things. There's very little out of that where money just goes without a tender being involved. It's, it's, it's really very, very rare where money will be paid. I, I think it's a vehicle that everyone else is using, whether it's a contract or of some sort or whether it's a consulting contract or whatever it is. So that environment, for me, if, if, if that environment is sound and it's, 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 it's running smoothly, you have dealt with more than half of the corruption. As we begin to wrap up, Mr. Babena, what have been some of your learnings from the, from the Gautrain project as it relates to your role as CFO and the management of the GMA finances? There's, there's been quite my, a lot of learnings. I think I'll say, you know, I, I have a, a very good understanding of the technical environment and, and, and how finances affect that not necessarily just purely from a financial point of view, but understanding really the nitty-gritties of what needs to be done in the technical environment, in the running of train, in the maintenance of train, you know, the, 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 the schedulings and, and, and the, all these things that that do. I mean, if somebody comes to me with a project, I'm able to ask the relevant questions. And that's obviously a key learning as well. It's really, really a key learning because if, if, if there is a proposal on the table and you are unable to ask the relevant questions, you will not get the answer. What about the lessons learned regarding the management of the Train as a public-private partnership? What have been some of the complexities of that Triple P? For me, the main complexities is 
the, 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 in this political environment, especially in, in, in the political environment that we are in now, they, 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 I think it's, they, we need to do a lot of, I'm not sure whether it's, it's awareness uh, of what it is that, that we, 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 we've, we've gotten ourselves into in terms of a triple PE. Um, because a triple P, the way the complexities are that you are expected to honor the contract up to a certain point. And the concessionaire or wherever is actually uh, responsible for a contract is responsible for performance of certain standards uh, in terms of the contract. So the understanding of that, how the contract has been drafted there is a lot, and I've, I've also, in, in my view, the complexities is that we, we, we go even to an extent of, you know, talking about changes in tax rates and all of those things. And, in, and it, it becomes very complicated because it's not normally a contract that is signed in 2006 that will run as is until its termination in 2026. That contracts varies almost every year or on a daily basis. Sometimes there's there's incidents that makes it to be varied, and we still have mis or you know disputes in terms of how what this clause mean in a contract and what we meant to say. <laughs> We've wanted a contract written, but when we read it, you know, the performer or the contractor on the other side, you know, interpret it differently. We interpret it differently. But it was concluded. So there's quite a lot of, of, of things that, it can take 10 years if you try to perfect it and then to try and come with possible scenarios of what could happen later on in future. But I think being involved in, 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 in contracting on such a bigger project, it's, it's really good because you, you know exactly what to include and you know exactly what to exclude. Sometimes we go too much into details. Sometimes we don't go into enough details. So it's an inexact science, you'd say, the public-private partnership and learnings all the way, I guess. It is learning all the ways, but there's huge benefits. I, I think there's, there's huge benefits, but because from a performance point of view, there's no doubt about it. You are very clear that you, 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 you are contracting for a, a, a certain standard of service. You, you are clear about that. It's, it's just that, you know, in, in the public sees the service running there, but what is involved in the background, that's what becomes critical. But I think there's a lot of benefit. I mean, government at the time would not be able to spend all the money that was spent in the project. But I can tell you, I mean, we have a 40 billion project now, or a 40 billion worth of assets in the Houtrain as a province, which obviously we did not initially put down. And I think the benefits and the spin-off from the projects are huge. Um, you know, from around the stations, you know, the whole thing, you know, as a whole, I mean, has benefited from the project. The mobility of a, a lot of people, the, you know, positioning of offices, you know, of... of property values. Property yes. values, corporate... You know, the transition from one meeting to another through the health train is easier. We know how our roads are. Lastly, Mr. Mabena, what advice would you have for officials and other government entities involved in the management of public funds? 
My advice is really, you, you need to really stick to the plan. We, we all have plans, you know, at the beginning of the year. Um, the challenge is, is that if you, you start to do something that is outside of the plan, you have to make means of how you fund that, how you go about doing that. It, it almost becomes something, it becomes a deviation. And, and for me, if, if you adhere to your own processes, uh, you, 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 a lot of, of, of times we are found wanting because we, we are told that you, you violated your own policy or your own procedure. Because technically when you develop a policy in a public uh, environment, your policy should be in line with the PFMA. It should, it should also be in line or it should also take into consideration the national treasury prescripts. So your policy should not be, you know, out of line with those fundamental, you know, acts or, 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 or um, as they call it, is the regulations. So if you adhere to your own internal policies that you've developed and communicated to the organization, you, you've already resolved a lot of things. And in one environment, I'll, 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 I promise you, you can have the best CEO, CFO, and everyone else. You need strong personnel, especially in a procurement environment. If you strengthen that environment, you've dealt with more than 80% of the problems. Mr. Mabena, thank you for your time and your input. We value your insight uh, on the learnings from the Gautrain project. You've been listening to Preston Mabena, Chief Financial Officer of the Gautrain Management Agency, discussing the issue of financial management as it relates to the Gautrain project, as well as some of the complexities of a public-private partnership. To listen to this and other interviews about the Gautrain, please tune in to our podcasts at Gautrain Talk Station. You can also access further material on our website, www.gautrain.co.za, or follow us on Twitter. Oh, 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 oh,